Hello, and welcome to the Storybook Podcast. This is episode 36. Today is our book club episode for chapter 18 of The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. I'm Graham, and with me today I have... Liv! It's you, Liv. I said my name! <laughs> oh, right, I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it either. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think so. I'm Liv! <laughs> That audio is going to peak so hard. <laughs> I am the other, other host, Ailish. Oh, the other host. The other, other and host. I'm the other, 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 other host, Meg. Yay! I too love the works of Stephanie Mayer. Um, <laughs> the host I forgot Queen about the host. the kids at home. I never read it. Do you remember the film of the host? No, that was a film. Oh, yeah. is, is, yeah, is that the Sir Ronan one? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Before she was... Cool. Before she was, yeah. Like, I'll have you know that Saoirse Ronan's always been cool, but like not it was that, before most people knew her. <laughs> no one in the host twenty whenever is cool. I'm sorry. Twenty eleven. I was about Maybe? to say something like Whoa, that. It was Place in... your bets. <laughs> it's after Twilight. It's gonna be later. Do than you that. guys? Do you guys ever think it's so hard that like all of the like female leads from like the top YA? novels turned films all of the leads from that have gone on to have like absolutely like stunning careers yeah mm. apart Lawrence. from shailene woodley sorry shailene if you're listening because, because the divergent films were not good also like, oh no they were not that, good. I think you say them. you say they are bad and they are bad but they are so much better than the books i couldn't read the books i could not touch I... them tried the first I never got one. into them. <laughs> Divergent is just Harry Potter houses, but worms. Mm, I think that's true. To be yeah. fair, I mean, yeah. it was all to be fair, Harry Potter, though. The reason for the houses in Divergent, I thought, was really interesting, like, conceptually. Because Doesn't basically... Make any sense, though. No, because the reason why they existed is because they'd done all those experiments and mind control on people. So the only reason oh, why yeah. people were divergent is because the mind control was wearing off, which is why they wanted to kill all the divergent people. That's why true. it was weird that certain people didn't fit into the things. But I don't think you find that out until not the first book. book? three, I think. Oh, which it's is the third one. Which I think is a too late. Which is a long, it's a long, long way to make people yeah. wait for the, the it big does, It's too silly to start with, I think, yeah, to carry think, the way through. Yeah, I think it's like a really interesting premise, um, hmm. but unfortunately not quite a thing. What? I think if you teased it from the beginning, it would have been yeah. quite cool. Shadowhunters, I really loved. I did give up on the Shadowhunters books around book six or seven because it went there's like so a million far of those. Yeah. there's so many and one of my that's sisters the has read as well right i think all of them she's obsessed the one set in like victorian times or something yeah like yeah that. she's i think she's reading those now she's like to be fair she does look like the book description of clary yeah. and she was absolutely Did you watch the tv show yeah, she she likes the TV show, but in both instances of Clary being cast, she has been absolutely appalled that they haven't just cast like a natural ginger. <laughs> because obviously in the film we had um, Lily Collins who had oh, like yeah, was, dyed it? red purple, like black cherry hair dye. Like it wasn't red, even black. that red. 
It wasn't yeah. even that red. Yeah. And also then they had to dye a child's hair that colour and it was really funny to me in the flashback mm. scenes because it was this kid with like unnaturally purple red hair. <laughs> and then That in film the... was not good. No, it was it was very bad. I really liked the part where with the silent brothers when a guy who was supposed to be a completely silent monk and spooky yuki because you can't hear their footsteps clumped on stage. Like just Comedy. clumped onto screen, just like stop, 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 stop. Hello. Isn't stump, Michael stump, Sheen stump. the bad guy though, or is he... it someone else? Might be. I'm not sure. No, I'm Michael Sheen's the bad guy in Twilight. What? Michael Sheen's the bad guy in Twilight. <laughs> Michael Sheen's the bad guy in Twilight. He, yeah, he's Arrow in Twilight, and he's so good in that role. He's very good. And honestly, genuinely, he's always good. He actually Friends. really liked it. If you listen to Michael Sheen's episode of My Dad Re- uh, Redacted. Um, I, I think we can say the word podcast so I am a huge blinker. Here's I love my dad wrote a porno. So if you listen to his episode of my dad wrote a porno, it is actually incredible. I love that man with my whole heart. And he honestly talks about how much he absolutely loved doing Twilight and then going to cons and people coming up yeah. to him and being like, "Oh my god, it's Arrow from Twilight." It's amazing. He's a nice guy. He's so cute. Also, I looked it up, and the villain was Jonathan Rhys Mayers. Who? Oh, it was the guy from Bendit Light Beckham. No! Oh, what? The Irish guy? He, uh, I think so. He plays Valentine Morgan, which is the dad, right? Is that the dad? Yeah, that's the or dad. That the... No, yeah. yeah, he's the dad. Anyway. Um, friends, uh, yeah. I have just like, completely, entirely off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, no. On topic or so, off topic? What? Do you mean on no. the topic of Dorian Gray or off topic? Not even, this? just like out of, just completely <laughs> out of left so um just so a few of us are going to a concert in april um Mm -hmm. mitski i have just found out from mitski's twitter that if we decided to go to the 18th of june show rather than the one in april we would see her play with harry styles god damn it that's a strange combination it's an odd combo He's so upbeat I don't and she's care so how odd that combo is. Oh my god. I mean, I will be right at the front row crying. Yeah. I, I will be sobbing in into my yeah. little cardigan. Say, this year is very good for concerts for me. Um, you know, that I can go to them mm. and the entire world doesn't just crumble because of COVID. But don't worry, mm. guys. We're just not going to count how many cases there are anymore so people can just die of an odd respiratory disease and we can have to go, COVID's mm. fixed. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, our government's done some bad things. stuff. And I wanted to swear so hard for all three of those words, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they basically just decided to go, mm, COVID isn't real. Peace sign. Bye. So, bye. This is fading out. Yeah. Bye. Um, so, anyway, we have fun. COVID allowing, uh, I will be going to so many great concerts this year. I've got Mother Mother in March. Woo! I've got. Mitski in I'm April, and I have <laughs> my chemical romance in June. I will not be going to that one. I will, however, be also going to a third concert um, with my old flatmates from university, and we will be going to Hologram Abba. Oh, oh my god, god I'm so jealous. <laughs> That's incredible. The avatars in real life. And That's what they're called. Avatar. Very scary Avatar. because it's going to be so uncanny valley. <laughs> I've never been to a concert. I think it'll be very good. I think that's going to slap. You've, You've never, never been to a concert? I've never been to a concert. To be fair, 
with peace and love, Ailish, I don't know how much you would enjoy one. No, um, so it's very funny. Um, other host of the podcast, Katie, um, we all sat and listened to the Taylor Swift albums when they came out. Um, I'm autistic, so when I listen to things for the first time, I don't listen to albums. I hate it because I'm just like, my brain is like, that's music. I don't have, I don't have any thoughts. That's a noise. That's, that's certainly a music. And I I have to be tricked into listening to things. So if I went to a concert, I'd have a very bad time because I wouldn't know any of the songs. Mm. I don't really listen to like albums, not in like a... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I just prefer to listen to like... If I'm listening to music, I just don't want to listen to one person. Oh, I'm like a big album to... fan. I know you are. Most things are designed to be listened to as an album right like mm. not all albums but a lot of them there is a set sequence and it's designed in a certain way and i think that's oh graham you're gonna hate me i understand me. i listen to everyone. things on shuffle so many i can't listen to that's things fine. straight okay if that's what you like so that's fine you know I, different um, people like different actually, things i will say when i was a kid well teen i when i was a teen i used to listen to a lot more albums because um i got given cds yeah so i got given my own yeah. like cd radio player and I would yes. listen to albums, like, all the time. So I used to... Oh my god, I used to wake up to um, Hallelujah by Paramore every single day for two years. Which, by the way, means I can't listen to that song anymore. Because there's only so many times you can get blasted out of bed at 6.30am <laughs> to the opening, like, few chords and not be like, mm, can't listen to that song anymore. But, yeah, so I listened to that. And I had a load of Poem Faith albums. I had um, some Florence from the Sheen albums that I loved to death. I had the Ceremonials album, which honestly, in my opinion, is yes. her best album. Um, it is. It's so good. Um, and like, I ha- oh my God, I had loads of Amy McDonald albums as well, because she's actually one of my oh, favorite singers. Oh, I love Amy McDonald. Oh, Amy McDonald is so, so underrated. Good. The only it's time I feel like I ever see her is <laughs> Hootenanny, which will solid every... I love her. Every I love Amy New McDonald Year's Eve, and Katie Tunstall. Count on yes, Amy McDonald being there. Same person yeah. in my mind for some reason, but I, I love, love them both. Honestly, I listened to her. I like a couple of her albums. Life in a Beautiful Light, which is beautiful. Um, Life in a Beautiful Light is so fun because it's basically just like, oh wow, look at these like lovely little um like songs about you know like pride in your hometown, pride in this. And then there is the most heartbreaking song. I have ever listened to and it's about um it she wrote it about her granddad who unfortunately had dementia and it's about mm. him saying to her being like um like it's called left that body long ago and it's about how his body is still there but his soul has moved on because he can't remember her but it's like a very reassuring like comforting song basically being like don't worry i'm not a person i was and I, I love you so much, but, like, you have to let me go now. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, that's a lot, Amy McDonald. I cry every time I listen to it because yeah. it's just, it's a very beautiful song. Um, I also like the one that she wrote just about watching rugby. Big fan of that. That's fine. You, I'm Amy. a big fan of the song This Is The Life. Because this is the life was on Just Sing on the PlayStation when I was little. Such a song. So that's the only song I know off by heart because I sing it over and over and over and over again on the little PlayStation. I know. That's a top tier song. So many of her songs off by heart. I also like, I love Mr. Rock and Roll. Yes. Um, Classic. I love This Pretty Face. Listen to that a lot when I was a teacher. There's people outside the window. Hello, people. Oh, Are they listening to our podcast? No. <laughs> no, they're listening to very loud music, so I don't know if you can. They hear it should across, be. But... 
I love Mr. Rock and Roll. Yeah. Which was the one that's, that the chorus, the chorus was, they'll meet one day far away and they'll say, I wish I knew you before. Because that one always makes me emotional as well, because yeah, I think that's so it's cute. It's like the concept of like soulmates, but then also they're not together because... I just like the fact that it's little snapshots of different people, but I like the way she describes them. You get like a really yeah. good image of who mm-hmm. these people are really quickly in the song, which some yeah. songs don't really... A lot of songs don't establish like a personality in the same way. Yeah, I think she's not a very... problem. Like, she's such a talented, like, storyteller as well as a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see her live one day. I would slap. May Mm, I immediately ruin this sentimental mood? Yeah. Go on. Um, So, back when we were talking about what songs we used to have as, like, alarms, Uh I, Hmm. unironically, had this as my alarm... (laughs) Crazy and as my ringtone for oh, like no. a solid four years, four years when I was far older than I should have been to have this. Okay. From the ages of about 18 to, I want to say, embarrassingly, about 22, I had megalovania as <gasps> an alarm and as my okay, ringtone. But- What's wrong with that? There is nothing right? wrong with um, it. Just, it slaps. It absolutely slaps. It, I'm not going to disagree with you. I was an unironic, and, and still am. I will defend Undertale forever. It is, is it cringe? Maybe a little, but it's good. Bridge is culture it, is dead. Is Long live Papyrus. I'm glad you've given papyrus. me the context because I have no idea what you all were talking yeah, about. Yeah, so I've been playing Undertale recently. I've nearly finished it. I'm on the final boss battle with Asgore, but I'm really bad at it, so I keep just losing over and over. So, Welcome to yeah. our Dorian Gray podcast. <laughs> um, yes, sorry. Anyway, Megalovania okay. good. If you've ever listened to Megalovania while you're going down the lifts into the tube at um, Elephant and Castle, slaps. Liv, that is so specific. No, you can only take the lift at Elephant and Castle. They're... Right, there are well, only, yeah, okay. no, yeah, actually, actually, Graham, there are only lifts at Elephant and Castle. They do not have an escalator or stairs. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Elephant and Castle is station. a godless wasteland. There, um, are certain sta- there are certain tube stations in London which only have lifts. Except for there was one. Except there's for stuff. there was one um, near Covent Garden which has uh, stairs. I was about to they say, you can you take not to use. Covent Garden. I was about to say, I don't really feel like listening to Megalovania in the Covent Garden lift because oh, it's God, either no. you take the lift or you take 270 stairs. <laughs> like, I like the stairs. I chose the I stairs because no, I was meeting a... Meg for the first time because I this was hellish. This was like June, July when COVID was like mid-swing in the UK. Not to say it's not now, but you know, <laughs> love the waves we keep having. Um, and so I was just nice. like, I'm not getting in a lift with 15 sweaty, potentially infectious other people. I'm climbing all of these stairs. And it was so many stairs. Is that the spiral staircase? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. The one that yeah. Goes around. Oh my god. One. Yeah, but you're weird. You don't stairs. consider like ten miles to be that long to walk. No. Oh Graham, can we That's switch like bodies? A couple hours. I would love a body that works. Yeah. You can borrow it. I it don't does want it. it. It works too much. I'm like, I did a big walk today, and Graham's like, you did a mediocre walk today. <laughs> you, you made me sound so mean. <laughs> you did no walk today. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, oh, my leggies hurt after that walk. And Graham will just be like, soon they won't. <laughs> Important context, Graham is an adventure boy. Graham is an adventure boy and he I'm trying so hard to be an adventure them. 
<laughs> I thought you were about to say important concepts. Graham's mean. No, <laughs> Graham that is. Too. No, Graham and I so far have gone on a big walk every Sunday this year, and I like it. Aw, that's mm. nice. Graham can I was about to be like, they that's so pops. many Sundays. That's been three Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like three Sundays. It's been three Sundays. I was like, wow, that's 52 Sundays. No, it's three Sundays. We're three for three, okay? We are three for three. We're aiming for 52 Sundays, and if not, we'll sneak them in wherever possible. 52 Sundays is the name of your album. Mm, I think that's cute. I like 52 Sundays. 52 Sundays sounds real nice. If you want to bring this back to Dorian Gray, (laughs) no, you can't. How dare you? Not having any more Sundays? That guy that was stalking Dorian. That guy. The it was do, so convenient. Do, wait, 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 wait. Okay. First things first. Plot synopsis of the chapter, no. okay? Um, right. Well, Dorian James hella is hella anxious. <laughs> Dorian is going around being hella anxious. He goes for a weekend away with the lads, 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 out in the town, Boys. out in the woods. They're out like, the we're woods. going to go hunting Dorian because we're really posh and stupid. And he's like, oh, sounds great. And then he goes hunting and then he has like a brief moment of conscience because he sees like a fluffy rabbit and he's like no don't shoot the rabbit and the guy's like i'm a hunter i'm gonna do what i want bang but he doesn't shoot the rabbit he shoots james the sailor but they don't know it's him dorian just thinks he's like a young guy and then he's like oh no i swear i'll be good for the rest of my life and henry's like what the hell are you doing dorian that's really stupid he's like did he have a wife and family i want to send them money so they never go hungry again and and then Henry's like, don't worry, mate. He had, like, no family. In fact, no one even knows who he is. He's being kept in this weird stable. And he's like, oh, my God, take me to him right now. So then he goes sees the body and it's like, yes, it's James. And now I don't have to worry about anything ever again. Woo! Off the hook. And this is after he's made another one of his weird squares to be a good person. And he's totally not going to be a good person after this, guys. He pivots so so fast. Another Boom. So much Done. Captain <laughs> Summer Ray. A good chapter Sorted. for words and fun phrases. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on, give us uh, one. A lumpy tussock. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's another one. Sounds like, like you should get that ground, checked out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the grass. It's a little tuft of grass. <laughs> a lumpy tussock really got me. There's another one. I can't find it. Oh no. Anyway, carry on. I'll find it and I'll just mm. shout it out. <laughs> I like my favorite bit is uh, Henry saying to him like, "Ah, I'd love to know someone who committed a real murder. That'd be really fun." <laughs> and Dorian's like, "Oh, oh no!" He's like, oh, "What? No, not me." Alder Club. I think it's... And they're like, oh, "You, you seem a little. You didn't enjoy hearing that, Dorian. Are you okay?" <laughs> I just think it's so funny that he basically goes, sees a dead body, and then comes back to Henry, and Henry is like, "Oh, you seem a lot better." And he's like, "Yes." I am. What What would you think of someone that had gone to see a dead body and then came back fe- looking really happy? Like, I don't think he comes back at the end of the chapter. I thought Dorian no. came back and talked no, to him No, the chapter again. ends no. with him going out to the body. That's where it ends. Oh, but he's like relieved, right? Yeah, he knew yeah, he was safe. And the groundskeeper tells him there's a body and he's like, oh, I must go check who it and is. He and then he goes out and it's James Vane. And he's like, yes, I will live like, forever. Yes. This is my thing is like, I assumed that James Vane was going to be the one mm. that wraps the plot up by probably doing a murder, mm. and now he can't. Yeah. And yet we've got, like, two chapters left, yeah. so now who's going to do the the thing? It felt very... Out of nowhere. There, He's dead now, because he was only really introduced as like, a proper threat 
like two chapters mm. ago, and then it's just like womp womp, he's dead now. Womp womp. To be fair, it was would... anticlimactic. I'd say. I... Yeah, very like... anticlimactic. Right. So I have like a fun analysisy comparison thought. Ooh, go on. So if we kind of look at Dorian as like a metaphor for, say, a corrupt politician or just mm-hmm. a corrupt individual. I think the fact that the one thing standing in his way of being caught and then it just disappearing, I think that actually works really well because, you know, so far a lot of the book has actually been Dorian doing a horrible thing, nearly getting caught and then being saved at the last moment. And that's just, this is just repeating that pattern. And obviously I know it seems anticlimactic to like him just be killed in a hunting accident, although I have other thoughts on this that I will speak on later. Um, I think... The fact that Dorian keeps getting away with things is so important in the plot because if he had ever had to like face any true consequences for his actions, he wouldn't have become the person that he is now. You know, mm. like if this had That's all true. ended with Silver Vane, if he had you know been proven to have something to do with her murder, obviously he would have still like loved forever and everything like that, but he would have just gone to jail. Maybe not even to jail. Maybe he would have had to do, I don't know, I don't know, hard labor or something. But he would have been punished for his actions. The whole point of Dorian is that, like, he keeps getting out of these scrapes. And it's nothing, like, obviously for him, it's nothing to do with, like, him. In an actual situation with someone who is corrupt, they would be paying people off. They would be threatening people. Things like that. But I just think that it's important that Dorian actually is, quote unquote, safe. Um, mm. for the next chapter or two at least I mean I would I would tell you how okay. it ends but you no, know I think Dorian being like quote unquote safe is actually very important in, t- in terms of the story and Dorian's character growth or lack thereof he doesn't grow as a person he never features consequences he has tiny moments where he's like I should be a good person and oh my gosh I'm going to give to charity which is what I assume you know the Tories that like donate to charity every year go through oh that is I'm sure they have exclusively tiny what they do because tiny mental breakdowns but to um to get to get very technical and financial about it um Mm -hmm. you you'd probably be claiming gift aid which is like a deduction Mm. on your tax return so it's like how mcdonald's has that would you like to donate to charity button and a lot of businesses say help us by donating to charity Mm. it's so they have then donated money to charity like, they're the ones that send they the money off, therefore they get the tax dodge, Look, right? I know this, but I still have to donate to the charity every time. You're helping mm. them not spend money, and also a lot of these companies take money back from the state I by mean, doing tax dodges that get them It's not really grants. a dodge, but it's a it's an underhanded it, move. It's avoiding something. I know, but I just feel bad if I don't. To take it back to what Liv was saying, do you know what it reminds me of? You know, like, mm. a Disney like sitcom or like any kind of sitcom where there's that big moment where you think that someone's gonna get in trouble and they're like i know what you did and there's that tension and then all of a sudden it's like you went and bought a dog it's very dark man like i know what you did they threw a party but the the, the Mm. random toys come out of nowhere and instead of being like you threw a party it's like oh you bought a dog toy you're so kind like it's that last minute yeah The tension of mm. I know what you did. Bait and switch. Mm. It's it's mm. not a you threw a party, several parties on the fri- on every Friday of a certain period of time. <laughs> and in fact you <laughs> sent one of your employees with an empty suitcase to go to your local supermarket and buy more drinks for this party that definitely did not happen. 
that was occurring at the same time as 150,000 people died and people weren't allowed to hug or meet each other outside. But definitely Meg, didn't happen. No one told them directly that they couldn't do that. He made no the, rules. the rules. They were. They, they wrote. Yeah, no they wrote. Me. That's because anyway, you made yeah. them. <laughs> it's kind of like what you're saying, though, is that, um, you know, Dorian essentially just, I mean, literally gets away with murder. But I also think it's really interesting to look at Dorian's actual sense of morality because, like, obviously we've seen kind of in the book, like, he does care a little bit about some things. Like, the bit where he feels really bad and he's like, oh gosh, I want to send money to this guy's but family. But explicitly says, when he's trying to send money, that he's just, like, casually gets out yeah. his checkbook. Yeah. It's, it's not saying that he actually is invested. He's like, oh, I guess this is the done thing. And, like, he's talking to Henry about it and they're all like, oh, isn't this annoying that it's ruined the day? Uh, he's not actually upset about the guy I was going to say there was a lot of, He wants like, them to I not think, be mad I at still, it. Still, but, like, I know, I, I know it's partially yeah. because like it's like the quote-unquote done thing but if to get a little philosophical here does it really matter that he's doing it because it's the done thing at the end of the day he was willing to give a poor in his mind a poor family money to make sure that they don't become destitute because someone has shot. for the context of your point it does because yeah. you're saying that it's about his morality whereas his morality is shown to be just making the problem go away yeah so, but he yes. does at least feel he he does feel at least like shocked and upset by it. He's shocked so, and upset because someone died. He then goes, "Oh, we're gonna give money to this family because I was here and I'm rich and that's what other people do." It doesn't, or mm. we can assume it doesn't cross his mind of, "Wow, this poor family is going to." He doesn't even know do the guy's anything. name. No, right? know he this guy. no, he does. He does say. Um, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but he does say that he do- he doesn't he doesn't want the family to go without. Um, I that was very much that scene for me from. I thought the way it was, it was just, there, just him going through formalities. Thing. Yeah, I know, but I think like. I think you're giving him a lot of credit here. For yeah, there is. I'm making it's a difference. Not done out. Finish my point. <laughs> Yeah, I think, which is then. that right so even if he's just like i'm not saying that he's like greatly moral in any sense of the imagination he generally does things like for obligation but he at least is doing like kind of moral things but the minute he finds out that like actually this benefits him in some way absolutely does not care like his mm. stuff is like the way that he thinks is so directly like done around like how does this affect me so he'll do like the good thing in like sending someone money because that makes him look good but if he finds out that the person that's been shot has actually been the guy that's been stalking him and may kill him soon he's like oh well that's fine then this is all good it's like with Sybil Vane dying and it not being connected to him he doesn't contact her mom or her brother he doesn't care about them anymore because it doesn't affect him Mm. in any way he cares he's kind of like he cares about things as much as he can like see like i'm talking metaphorically see them and as much as they're gonna affect him in any way and then once it's like oh this thing this terrible thing happening either gets me off the hook or means that like i don't have to deal with an issue then he just doesn't care about it anymore I think literally in this chapter, it is as long as he can see it because he yeah. he wants to be away from where the guy was shot and not see it, and then he can't. But down. also, I suppose yeah. to add to Liv's point, like he arguably Dorian could get away with not doing it. Like I know it's an obligation, but he could get away with not going through with the obligation. Mm. He's in that 
position where he could just be like, well, it's an obligation, but I don't have to. So, like, there's a... It depends how a te- smart we think he is, right? Yeah, that's true. But, like, he he could easily go against obligation because he does go against obligation in mm. lots of other scenarios. That's true. He's not averse to um, going against social norms in other parts of his life, right? Yeah, so it's it's a bit weird. So I like, I, I know he is following it for his convenience as well, but, like, he could mm. so easily get away with not... Okay, so here's here's a theory then. Would you say that the Dorian that is the one who is going to sign this check, who is going to do the right thing, is uh, a public image, a portrait, if you will, of Dorian? Whereas the real Dorian behind the scenes would happily let it slide if he could get away with it. So because he's having to be seen to do it... I think it is that sort of publicity. But in the same way that I think that a lot of people are inherently selfish and would do things if it meant that they... That, that no one would care about them you know what i mean yeah like you know and like i don't know you know what? i'm gonna use an example like with elon musk right mm, elon billion. musk freaking loves to tweet about things he loves to be like i'm gonna solve this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that and then obviously he never does it like yeah. he clearly doesn't actually care about the issues he's tweeting it to make it look him look good and in the same way that he like gets away with like his cars literally killing people by the way um mm-hmm. You know, he's and the same with Jeff Bezos. Like, he just wants to do stuff that makes him look good. He doesn't like actually care mm. about the fact that actually his image is, you know, he, his image of like, you know, mistreating workers, workers dying in um, natural disasters because he wouldn't, he wouldn't let them go home. Um, like all that stuff. He doesn't actually care about that stuff. If people could not care about that, he'd love it. You know. Yeah. If if he can dissuade it by doing something else I bigger think that is impressive, there are right? A huge amount of people. And politicians, politicians especially, actually, who would just, if they could barefaced say, you're right, I don't care about poor people, what I care about is improving taxes for myself. I, They would, probably, but they have to do the mm. whole, like, well, actually, because of blah, 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 austerity measures, blah, blah, blah. Like, they have to coat it in these really, like, convoluted words and things like that. But they actually, at the end of the day, if they could get away with never giving to charity, never doing any of the lip surface for anything, not go to any, any hospitals, not kiss any babies, they would. Because I think a lot of people are just really selfish. I think that um, Dorian wouldn't have taken out his pocketbook if it wasn't like, oh, like Henry, and you know, it's Henry, even does that. If mm-hmm. no one around, if Dorian was by himself, he wouldn't even yes. look. He would mm-hmm. keep walking however he has this image to uphold of him being a fancy dandy Mm. posh man who is up and coming and he's He's living a lavish life and people kind of like everyone likes him because he's so charming we love him yeah are you saying that he's i'm just to clarify on that that he is even less moral than henry is now oh completely i would think he is yeah because he doesn't have the self-awareness that mm. Henry has. Henry knows he's a bad guy. Right. Henry okay. knows and flaunts that he's a bad guy. He yeah. flirts with it, doesn't he? Yeah, I think, yeah. like, Henry at least, like, accepts that he is a yeah. rogue, a cad. <laughs> I think Dorian, quite frankly, isn't intelligent enough to realise quite <laughs> okay. how deep he's gotten. mm um, he sees Henry do it and he, he sees Henry be a bad guy and he goes, oh, well, Henry does it without even realising. Um, mm. 
this is what life is like. This is what Henry's life is like. I've hung out with Henry for 30 years or however long it has been now. Um, and he doesn't have that element of self-awareness, I think, that Henry does have. Mm. Yeah. Does yeah. But I, I think agree, also that actually. he wouldn't actually want to admit to himself. No, I think gotten... he thinks he's the same person that he was a long time ago, but with some extra bits. 100%. Yeah. He thinks he's the same person, but he's just gone through more. Mm-hmm. And he's been told all the time that he's good, you know? Everyone says, oh, you're pretty, so you must be good. You're yeah. young, you must be good. Oh, Dorian's so amazing. Dorian's so lovely. He's been told this, reinforced it throughout his entire life. Yeah, I think... What reason does he have to think he's not, apart from the fact that he's now responsible for multiple deaths? Yeah, but I think also a big, huge part of this is the fact that he's covered up the portrait. I think if he genuinely looked at the portrait every single day, God knows how many, like, blemishes that has by this point. Hmm. He, I mean, obviously, James's death, he's... Well, right, he is tangentially related to responsible for James's death in the way that if... He hadn't um, been responsible for civil suicide. James wouldn't have been stalking him. James wouldn't have followed him to the woods. And then James would not have been shot. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to say that he is responsible for James's death. But obviously, he is obviously linked to it. But, like, I just, you know, he doesn't confront the bad things that he does. He doesn't think about them. He's like, Mm. oh, well, that's a thing that happened. And uh, now we're moving on from it. Like, he has no object permanence is what I'm saying. No, that's certainly Dorian true. Gray is a baby. Do you think that someone can be morally good without ever confronting the concept of doing bad things? Um, Just, no, I you think know, you... Do you think there is a state of purity um, that you, without having to think about it, that can mean you are still morally good? Or is it only morally good if you've had to think about it at all? I don't think anyone exists who never has done a bad thing or has never thought about doing a bad thing. I think that mm. is a level of... Um, being that doesn't uh gel with the fact that human beings have free will sure like even i will say standing like literal babies they're cool babies babies can be mean let's let's get original sin out of the way first (laughs) no more original sin but toddlers who are like learning how to learning that they have autonomy for the first time can, yeah, be mean, can be mean but it's when they're mm. experimenting with like having boundaries because they suddenly they've like woken up to the universe and they're like wow i've learned the okay. words yes and no and i'm gonna say them a lot and i'm like good for you baby but off you go like you know i will say like in terms of when i watched the good place for the first time which if you don't know is uh essentially a, a version of the afterlife where good and bad are points and occasionally i will do things that like are maybe a bit selfish for example if i like i don't know push past someone on my way to something i'm not saying i'm doing like horrible things every day sometimes i'm just a bit selfish and i will think to myself hmm i'd probably get negative points for that but i also think that like that system you know no one is completely morally good all the time but that's not necessarily Mm. a bad thing but if you have done very morally bad things in your life for example you like okay as an example people that used to be neo-nazis who have since redeemed themselves and are now like leftists or whatever if you're gonna do something like that you have to confront the fact that you did the bad thing and you have to understand that you hurt people and you also have to Mm. understand that some people are not going to want to be around you because of the bad thing that you did and that's not i agree like it's it's great if you you know confront the bad thing and you become a better person but 
And I'm not saying that you should completely be shunned for the rest of your life for the bad thing that you did, but also I think people are allowed to not want to be around you or want to be friends with you because of a bad thing that you did. Um, Like, everyone deserves forgiveness, but forgiveness doesn't mean completely integrating someone into your social circle, as an example. I think it's, like, totally interesting, though, from Dorian's point of view, there's a quote where it's very incredibly passive. Like, to relate back to what Graham was Mm. asking, like, he was like, success is given to the strong and failure thrust upon the weak. None of those positions regard what the weak or the successful are doing. Like, it's very passive. Like, he's like, well, it doesn't matter how I act, because... Like, well, it does to an extent because, like, if you act strong, it's given to you. But like, mm. it's still given. You're not earning, and like, it, and yeah, you're you not. Know that... I don't know. It's weird. That really smacks of like poor people are poor because they're poor. You know, like, oh, they just it, don't work it hard. It really, it's, like, it seen... really feels like twenty. Everyone has the same twenty-four hours in a day. Oh, but... don't. Oh no. <laughs> it really, really feels like that. <gasps> the portrait of Molly May. <laughs> Correct, but also it's more <laughs> passive than that because he's like, it's not mm. like the su- success is given. It's not it, to me when I read it, it wasn't like a success is given because you were strong. It's just like it's just given to you, and then it's forced upon mm. you. If not, mm. it's very, it's incredibly passive. It's not like you've earned it, which mm. is weird. Mm. Yeah, it's more like it's something that you deserve because of your actions. Like if you are strong, then obviously you'll just get great things. But if you're a weak person then you will Mm. just be handed failure because that's what you deserve. I think that brings around to the main, what I thought was the main theme of this chapter, which was actually class. Yeah. Which, Mm. you know, the whole Mm. thing about they don't, when they, this guy gets shot, who they think is one of the beaters, one of the employees, basically, of Doran's estate, they're not bothered by the fact that someone has died because he's just a beater. I think they they say he's just a beater. Mm. And then there's mm. also the idea that, you, that you're saying that people have things given to them or the strong have things given to them. Like, who are the strong, really, in the rich. context of that quote? It's the rich yeah. people, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a lot of this chapter for me was basically just the, the huge difference and the lack of care between these people from very different social backgrounds. I mean, backgrounds. the second thing they say about that guy when they think he's an employee is like, God, what an ass. Like, that's the lit- the second thing that comes mm. out of his mouth. Mm. Also... They say, oh, he shouldn't yeah. have been there, right? Mm. Like, it's also, big up to that extended scene of them going, well, what is he? A sailor, I think. And he's like, why do you think he's a sailor? Yes. Uh, tattoos, I guess. <laughs> To be fair, saying tattoos like a sailor, you know, like a sailor. To be fair, guys, I was dressed in a little Donald Duck sailor outfit. To be fair, in context, in context of when the book was written, most people did not have tattoos. Sailors had tattoos. I get like, that. It's not, also, also, it's very like, it's funny. Not... The clothing he's describing, which is the blue trousers and things, this is very typical it's of the stereotypical idea of um, what a sailor would wear ashore. They would have special clothes they kept for going ashore, yeah. which were very brightly coloured. Often they would be blues, blue trousers, stuff like that. Um, so he is describing the stereotypical Is there a reason a why? Normally, normally he was is drunk. Is there a reason why they're brightly coloured uh, when they go ashore? Just for, like, because to show off? Because... Um, so it goes into a lot of, um, again what some people have interpreted as class differences this is a whole historiographical debate that we won't get into (laughs) but uh the idea of once sailing transitions to being a wage-based employment in sort of the later end of the medieval or the early early modern period uh 
essentially sailors start spending all of their money when they're ashore and they become a more of a transient proto-working class type of person so it's all about gratuitous spending right. and the idea of brightly colored clothes is seen to play into this gratuitous spending because it's we are out on the town we're only here for a week look at how fancy we are we're spending all of our money put right on now. your little back dress mm-hmm. we're out on the town yes good for that boys on tour boys on tour boys it makes sense tour. you can see how it makes sense yeah that's yeah, totally I mean, makes sense I think obviously there is like a huge lack of classicism just in the fact that they are going hunting, which obviously has been a pastime mm. of the upper classes within Britain for years and years and years. Um, hmm. Graham, how anti-hunting can I get on this bucket? <laughs> I mean, raise your hands if you're pro-hunting. I can't see you, so I don't I care. Assume Go there's, no hun- there's no hands. <laughs> Not with um, real animals. I, did, I have gone on faux hunts. I was part of the yeah, pony trail, club. Trailing, I'm not too uh, bothered horse by. Horse girl energy, <laughs> sorry. Trail specifically, I'm not too bothered by because it doesn't, like, it's not too bad. I think the problem is, is that um, there's multiple quote-unquote trail hunts that have happened and they are and not they're trail not. hunts. Yeah, all. correct. They're illegal. I was in the pony club, um, so we weren't going to murder anything. So the, in the, well. Thank God. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think, like... I don't know. I think hunting is so odd if you actually look at it as like there's this like there's this elite that get dressed up in these stupid fancy outfits. They wear silly little clothes. Always and wear their barber jackets. And and like and they're wearing these silly little red outfits that you can go specifically out in the town. They have like little like trumpets and stuff. Oh, you mean and those then they hunts? Go, <laughs> those hunts. And then they specifically go to watch something kill something else. Right? Yeah, weird energy. I just think it's incredibly odd. And also, like, it just... It's, it is barbaric. I'm sorry. I'm... Because I like foxes, actually. Fun fact. I think they're very sweet. I think also very the fact cute. that they've had to become urbanised because we built so many houses on all of the land that they were living is awful. And they're not pests and they're not vermin. They were there first. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't go in water if you're going to call it shark infested. That is the shark's home. If a shark came into your home and started eating your spaghetti out of the fridge, that's a shark infestation. You going where they live, <laughs> fine. We have right? a little, Sorry, a little fox, probably multiple, but can't tell I love the fox around that about lives near us. our neighborhood. He's, he's yeah. so cute. He's, he's jumping out the bins. I have never seen a fox so big. He's like the size of a German shepherd. He it's is incredible. massive and I he is a love big, him. big boy. I love him with all my heart. Do you know how, what I didn't I just, know was so big? Badgers. I love badgers. Badgers are so big. Badgers are great. Badgers are so angry. They have big like, little butts. It's so cute. Correct. They're like the corgi. The grumpy of, little guys. They are the corgi of British wildlife. I live... They're just rectangular. Yeah, I live really, really wiggle. And when I drive home at night, there's always badgers out at night because it's their road now. Because mm. it's night time, it's their road now. And they're just their little wiggle as they run up the road. Like, because I'm always like crawling <laughs> at like first gear. Like, I don't want to run you over, Mister Man. <laughs> and One time I was, um, so I I went to Exeter University and there was loads of badgers. Live law, live law. Some time. Live law, live law. And like a couple of times when I have been uh, uh, smoking, uh-oh. Uh, I've seen <laughs> I've seen badgers, right? And that is akin to <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Live losing that badger. After having badger. finished a cigarette, 
And then a ah, yes. baby, like a teenage badger, popped out of a bush right next to me. <laughs> I love the clarification that it was a teenage was badger. About- like, it, oh, was, it, was, it was definitely like an adolescent badger. Also, you know, he pops out, right, I'm not going to lie, the ripped denim jacket it was wearing with all these patches on the back. Definitely a teen badger. He had a little um, badger emo fringe. It was really cute. He was clearly going yeah, through yeah. a phase. He's little going through a little scene tiny phase. badger Doc Martens <laughs> on each of his paws. Like, <laughs> a badger with coontails? Oh, no. Oh, that's oh, kind of like a scene kit. That's yeah. kind of like how the stripes anyway, not going to lie. That's like, true. I think like, if we had... If like the stripes came in fashion in the UK, we would have probably called them badger tails. But, we, but they, yeah. they never really mm. were. But... Yeah, so then I saw this adolescent badger, and I... Oh, he I was playing Paramore really loud. He was playing Paramore so yeah, loud. Yeah. They had those like, little like, on wristbands bus. on. He was like, yeah, no, tell me what to do, Dad. <laughs> then he started doing TikTok dances at me, and I was like, little he baby, was black stop that right then. now. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I'm never going to pass my GCSEs. I was like, oh, he said, gross. <laughs> He asked for your BBM pin. He did. He asked <laughs> oh my pin. god, that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, throwback. Considering BBM doesn't, it, BlackBerry as a company does not exist anymore. He came it straight does. up to it live. De- it does. He came straight up to live. It and still exists. However, it's a cybersecurity <laughs> firm now. Oh, I see. Really? Yeah. yeah so Badger oh. came up to me and asked ASL, <laughs> and I went. Ah! <laughs> anyway, I like, I like badgers. I like foxes. I think it's terrible that there are people that kill them for sport. What the point? Why is the point? Right? Correct. Genuinely, I mean, it is, if someone it's can not give for a point, me, right? If someone can give me like a good excuse for hunting that isn't the ones that I've heard before, which is like, it's good exercise for the horses and dogs. If it's such good exercise for the horses and dogs, why do you beat them? Right? Like, that's the only... I don't like... The only thing I've heard is that it's good exercise. Or it's it's tradition. Great. You know what else used to be tradition? Like, pelting people with things. Hanging. We don't do that anymore. I also... The excuse that it's, oh, well, we had to get rid of them as a pest. It's never the people... It's it's not people from around that area Mm -mm -mm. who own chickens in that area or whatever who are getting rid of these foxes usually. It's some posh guy who owns a big house, like several miles away or, yeah or they come to the area specifically to do a hunt yeah it's ridiculous it's a social thing for weird oh for people. sure it's social even to watch murder even when i was like uh like 13 and we were going on faux hunts the first thing you do is get handed a glass of warm port while you're on the back of a horse it's very what? strange it's normal normal yeah don't drink and that's really dangerous no like i was like 13 at this little hunt and like not to be that girl but most people don't use whips on hunts because uh, the horses are riled up anyway but um yeah the first thing you do is you like hang out at the start destination and they give you a liquor it's a port glass, so it looks like a little mini chalice. That's I just love those; they're quite funny. Actually. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit good. bigger than a shot glass, and then it has like yeah, yeah. hot port in it. And they go, "Do you want some port?" I thought, like, hee, I'm 13. This is the best thing ever. So you're <laughs> going to take that port, and then your horse drags you around a field for two hours. Um, like, yeah, I'm against hunting. I must make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, very yeah. against hunting. Um, but yeah, there's many other ways to exercise your horse other than... Yeah, or your dogs. Just or your dogs. Also, dogs always get in the way. I had a horse um, 
she liked oh, to um, kick out if anything was at her feet. So I specifically had to go at the front so there were no dogs around. Mm. Yeah, they're going to have a bad time otherwise. Yeah, it's think. just yeah, like, really dogs... dangerous for the dogs, dogs as well. Dogs can get killed on hunts, horses can get injured on hunts. No oh, for sure, because they the foxes, don't have time. No, not great for the foxes. The horses are the least of the problems because no, they're obviously. probably the most looked after. But there is times when people can't be asked to open a gate. Wait, can I say asked? Yes. <laughs> okay, can't be asked to open a gate. So it sounds like asked, or it did till you clarify. They'll uh. they jump over a hedge instead. Very dangerous. I think that's fun, actually. But it is fun. That, but that's allowed. <laughs> like, not to be like, oh, the horses, because they're the, probably the most looked after, followed by the hounds. It's still bad for them, though. I would like the yeah. horses to have a good time mm. also, you know. Uh, just to s- skim back, mm-hmm. after yeah. re- I think we can all agree, hunting bad. Hunting um, bad. And <laughs> I, I would I would like to labour that point, actually, but we yes, go on. Sorry, I did have, like, one more um, point for yes. bad, just in the context of like the time period and when things are being written please um, go so on. the james murder really interesting mm. to me because this is actually a trope from this kind of time period of like murder mysteries and things people being accidentally killed on hunts it happened like obviously it happened but then i think it's really interesting that a lot of people took this and was like "Ooh, we can write a murder mystery about it because i Ooh. think i can't be 100 percent sure and i'm really sorry if i get this right wrong but i'm pretty sure that there is actually a sherlock holmes story about someone being killed on a hunt and it actually being a murder and i think that is so interesting as a trope because obviously these like hunt deaths were happening often enough that writers were like "Ooh, an interesting trope to use in my work you know what i want to know is Um, how did he hide in the grass It's a big tussock. I will say also, um, it's a big tussock. It's a big tussock. um, In the in the context of the the murders, it is usually a rich person being shot and killed Mm. um, for you know inheritance reasons or whatever. But yeah, I just think just it's very interesting. Clarify trope. Mm -hmm. Is it always in this trope a deliberate killing? Then yes. So it's someone deliberately shooting someone else and being like, oh, but I can get away with it because, oh, someone just got shot on the hunt, which means it is a common enough occurrence that most people would accept that as an excuse. Conspiracy theory. Dorian. That's the Sherlock Holmes thing, because I think he notices that he can't have been shot from the angle that he's standing at. It it Ah. had to have been someone hiding and shooting at him rather than an accidental shoot shot from behind Very i think good. so yeah yeah interesting oh, but yeah it's, it's one of those things i'm 90 percent sure there was also this was also a plot on down nabby don't quote probably. me on that but i think it might have been they've, they've got so many episodes it's <laughs> gotta be something so many episodes. <laughs> i'm afraid i can't oh, hello hello <laughs> <laughs> hello i accidentally activated siri my siri is irish just for context oh, explaining cute. the accent um anyway I think that the only other thing that I had from this chapter I wanted to pull out is um, that it's strongly suggested that Dorian is, or Dorian at least thinks he is, incapable now of love, which he wasn't before, I don't think. Um, So sometime, something about what's happening to him has rendered him incapable of that emotion. Mm. Which I think makes sense for the way his character acts, but it's interesting that he seems aware of it. It is. I think it's kind of that he has no, like, empathy or sympathy for other people. Like, not to say, right, obviously, 
a big they, they think are romantic people exist there are some people that have experienced no romantic attraction to people i'm not talking about mm. you in this section i'm talking specifically about dorian aromantic people are lovely and you have lots of also, empathy not all love is romantic also not all love is romantic i have so much platonic love so very much um so you know there's like i would just wanted to clarify that point so like if we had er- any aromantic listeners they didn't get like they didn't feel like i was personally attacking them aromantic people are great not all of is romantic but i think because dorian is so selfish and only like thinks of himself and doesn't really have any empathy or sympathy towards his fellow beings he kind of sees them as vessels for validation rather than anything else put that in mm. your essays kids um that <laughs> <laughs> he just i don't think that he would be like why would dorian love someone else when he can love himself true can He's i get an amen up in here <laughs> okay can i can i say am i allowed to say bastardized yes. okay good I, i've definitely bastardized that rupaul quote now but dorian has so much self-love that he has no room to love anyone else he is narcissus personified he just yeah but what's what's interesting is that graham pointed out it like you guys only pointed out that it comes about now Mm. Mm. because i i did not get the impression to begin with that he was incapable of love or at least he thinks he's capable of love because he's saying that he loves sybil i don't think he necessarily does in the way he thinks he does Mm. but But he's not loved anyone since sybil you know, it's been 30 the, years, no, and he's of. had, you know, dalliances, shall we say. Mm. But I don't think he loved so, any of them. And it's also kind of implied that a lot of that, that they were very um, shallow kind of things that he flings. did. Flings. Yeah. yeah, because if they weren't flings, then why would the women be disgraced after them? I think he's kind of sees more, like, human interaction as, like, a vessel for, like, you know, uh, feeling good, feeling positive things, and then, like, people are just things he can discard. Like, people are disposable to Dorian. And why wouldn't they be? I'm not being funny, but this book, like, obviously, all of the things that have happened to him has basically proved to him that he can act Mm. how he wants, he can do whatever he wants, and people will still love him. Like, obviously, he's ruined the reputation of people, and there are some people that won't speak to him anymore, but there's always going to be a group of people that want to talk to him and want to, you know, be around him. So why wouldn't he mm. act the exact way that he wants to? You know? Do you not think of Dorian though that in the moment he would convince himself it was love? Like even if it was a oh, dalliance, yeah. as you will, like he would convince himself that it. Like I know he said, mm. like in in book, literally that he loved Sybil, and like the other romances aren't in book. But I don't know. It feels like he would have fully convinced himself, even if it was for, like a week. He would be that like, how I interpret I'm the Sybil consumed by love, and then. Yeah it's over, I get the ick, they're out, they're discarded. Mm. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't love in the moment. Like, to him, but now, all of a sudden. I think potentially maybe for the first, let's say, let's be, so he's, what, 17 when the thing starts? I don't know if we ever actually worked out. I can't remember. Okay, so some people say he's 17, some people say he's mid-20s. Something like that. Okay. He's young, he's a little guy. Let's say, I'd say up until maybe the, the age of 30 potentially i think halfway through you know when he was like doing all the things and getting all the music and you know just mm. exploring the entire world i think that was when everything changed because if you look at how he speaks about people now because obviously we had the 38 like gab when he's talking about lady Nambra, he really likes her he doesn't love her he's never said that he loves her it's I think during the part where he was becoming actually jaded with the human experience, I think that's when he felt like he lost the ability to love and like Possibly. Yeah, I think that 
time period where he's just being completely hedonistic. Because I think, obviously, like, a little bit of hedonism is, you know, kind of fun sometimes. But I think if you're only doing things for how good they make you feel, I think eventually that will just make you not value human relationships. Because you're just thinking, Mm. like, how good will this make me feel if I'm not... Because, you know, like... um, my my dad is a divorce lawyer, so I'd say he's pr- pretty clued into this stuff. He knows what makes a relationship work. <laughs> and, like, as he always says, relationships take hard work. I think, like, love and loving people can be very easy at times, but at other times you do have to, like, you know, you have to work on relationships. They're like a nice garden. Sometimes you've got to, like, take extra special care and put a little cover on them so they don't get all frosty in the winter. But you know what I mean? Like, relationships have to be maintained. You can't just be like, I love this person, therefore this relationship is always going to be good. You've got to, like, check in with people mm. and do things together. And Dorian's not interested in that. And Dorian is isn't he? interested in that. He's interested in, the, like, what feels good right now. In terms of relationship, Dorian wants, like, a McDonald's happy meal. <laughs> right. Like, he wants something quick with and toy. easy and fast that feels really good in the moment. Away. And then, like, an maybe later. half an hour later, you're like, mm, maybe that wasn't mm. the best idea. Whereas, like, in terms of human relationships, why I guess you should be going for is, like, a delicious meal that you have made yourself. One of those, like, Spanish sit-down dinners where you're there for, like, six hours. So many tapas. (laughs) With your whole family. Yeah. You know, and, like, (laughs) I just know, I just think, it's, I do feel sorry for Dorian. Not in, like, a, I actually empathise with him. No, I know what you mean, But I pity him. Like, I can't imagine... Mm having those kind of relationships because as you all all know as my friends i'm very affectionate and very loving and i have many people that i love a huge amount and i can't imagine being just surrounded with superficial relationships like i just obviously it's not shown textually but i just imagine that dorian is very very sad on the inside he is like one of those horrid like rotten oranges where you think it looks okay and then you peel it it's bad he is much i think that he's a much of a man for how he comes out of that the long sort of time skip chapter where he's talking about all the things he tries to do to feel engaged. Mm. He comes out of that just having not enjoyed anything. Yes. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to, before we wrap up, uh, someone mentioned a little while ago um, about putting that in your essay. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to do a little quick shout out to, um, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, at leylazy one who has recently interacted with us there, uh, just to say that they are studying Dorian Gray in school and that this has been an entertaining addition to that study. Uh, I hope you find one thing per many hours of content that is vaguely useful. <laughs> I'm podcast. so sorry! <laughs> but it, it did make my evening to read that. I thought that was really I nice. I was so happy. Lovely. That was so, so sweet. It yeah. warmed the, the cockles of my cold dead's heart. But also, I'm sorry. Your heart is nothing cold and dead. It's the opposite. It is <laughs> hot and alive, <laughs> juicy and full. Ew! Oh no! No! I love it. <laughs> Please don't speak about my I'm internal doing. organs like no, that. I would. Hello. I would like to wish this person well in their endeavors at school. Yeah. Yes. Let yes. us know how it goes. School sucks, and I'm glad that. No, you find some sort school of enjoyment in our. Well, no, but sometimes when you're a teen, um, I'm presuming a teen. Um, we don't know. School is hard, and I'm True. glad that you find enjoyment, but also knowledge in our silly little podcast. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. 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 
And with that, I think we're approaching the one hour mark. So unless anyone has any concluding remarks for chapter 18. Um, I would just like to quote jerking two spent cartridges out of his gun. <laughs> I, you. you know, I read that and I was like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, it's, the, it's not just the jerking it's the spent that follows yes, it does he well, you yeah. know spend his cartridges is he you know jerking some spent car- to be right I'm not guys gonna lie. I think we have spent our cartridges on this podcast I don't think jerking spent cartridges sounds like a euphemism for someone that's had a mastectomy vasectomy not mastectomy very Mas- different <laughs> things <laughs> so incredibly different <laughs> see i didn't go for vasectomy i just went for someone who uh has maybe too much too many times yeah that that's day. what i thought i was <laughs> just like oh you clearly um they've hunted yeah. enough grouse yeah, and they must like, stop now you're you're shooting dust. Vasectomy, you know they say that you're shooting blanks yeah you're shooting dust <laughs> Not yeah, dust, that... Meg. Stop it. Don't get out. What do you mean dust? Gun you're dust. an old person. Gun dust. Gun dust. sounds like you're very dehydrated. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't apply to dehydrated me. Dehydrated listeners. With, yes, with that in mind, hydrated, go please. get a drink of water. And we'll see you next episode for Look chapter 19. We're nearing the end of the book, guys. How many chapters have you got book? left? Uh, I think Two. two. <gasps> Ooh. Maybe two or three, I can't remember. Um, but <laughs> that we are, was a very we are in. Goat sound. Who did that? Ooh. Ooh. It was me. It was me. Ooh. Maybe it was two ghosts. Ghost two twins. I think it's just because right. I said ooh, but I didn't. I don't think that I. I don't think it was that spooky. So it was probably. I did, spooky spooky. I did the spooky noise. I did the spooky noise. Don't steal my credit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I also said ooh. I'm sorry. Our spooky ghosts will see you next week and yeah. Bye! Bye! Yeah. (laughs) That's staying in. I hope you know that. Bye!